He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. When you are rejected... I looked up the word rejection in the Oxford Dictionary and it said not to love, to fail to give a person or an animal enough care or attention. A reject is something that cannot be used or sold because there's something wrong with it. A reject is something that cannot be used or sold because there's something wrong with it. And to reject means not to love, to fail to give a person or an animal enough care or attention. So even animals go through rejection. The word rejection is from the Greek word ateteo. It means to disesteem, to neutralize. To put down. When you think the person has failed the test, worthless, to put as of no value, to act towards anything as though it were not profitable. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you that we are complete in him. I pray for utterance, Lord. I pray for an understanding of your word. I pray that strongholds will be broken. I pray that demonic holds will be broken. I pray that your people will be set free from every form of oppression. I ask for healing and for a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. When I look at my own life, I realize that as for financially, Physically, I was well taken care of. Hallelujah. Because by the grace of God, my father had substance, a man of substance. So I didn't know what need was or anything like that. But I grew up in a step home. And my mother wanted to be a mother to everybody. And usually people say that when you grow up in a step home, the one whose mother is there has the advantage, isn't it? You will be treated more like a princess, you will have it soft, you will have it good. But I don't think that was my case. Because my siblings, their mother had passed away with my father in an accident. So I think now, now I understand a bit more, I feel that my father felt that he owed them something. So he treated them as very special. And my mother too didn't want them to feel that they didn't have a mother. And here I was, an only girl on my mother's side. And so I think that consciously and unconsciously, they felt that we don't have to make her feel special. Rather, other people should feel special. So whenever I did something wrong, I realized that my mother came down too hard. And when my sister did anything, she said, don't do that again, eh? But... When she came to see something wrong, she would not even ask. She would say that, as for this one, mommy did it. And my father too would add his voice and they would be shouting. So one day, you know, I used to just weep in my room and remember that I was born again from the age of nine. So I used to pray about everything. And I had a little book I used to write. Today, they shouted at me and they said I was this and that, but God, you know, and, and there were times when I said, God, 
I don't feel like living anymore, even at that age. But I had brothers who had gone to Mfantipim and were not sentimental. And they didn't know how deep these wounds were. Pastor Kakra and Ko. So they'll go and take my book. Then they'll be reading it. Oh, I don't feel loved. I want to end it all. I'm going, ah, but you, pa, wait till they wrong you. <laughs> so the things that meant a lot to me did not mean anything to them. But one day, before I went to secondary school, my mother told me off when she shouldn't have. So I came to her in the evening and I said, you know, I've been watching all the goings on in the house and I think that I've discovered that you are my stepmother. <laughs> so I want to ask you for only one thing. Please send me to my real mother. I was very quiet. She said, why do you say that? I said, because anything I do, you shout. You talk. I don't know. She didn't answer. She said, you just go. I'll call you when I'm ready. And she waited for her husband, my father, to come for me. <laughs> so when my father came back, he had finished it, and my father called me, Mommy, I hear you say you are adopted, or stepmother, or whatever. So we should take you to where we be you belong. I said, yes, daddy. That's what I said. My father said, why do you say that? Because my mother comes hard on me. You too, when you come, anything is wrong. You say that it's me. So I think in my heart that she's probably not my mother and that her real daughter is my sister. And my father burst out laughing. Oh, no, no. You are not adopted from anywhere. This is your mother. Be here. <laughs> you see, in our culture, we don't sit children down and talk to them and explain to them. It's like, what are you coming with? Be happy. But... I also realized that I couldn't call my mother mommy because as a little child she was a teacher and she would take us to the school so when the children come they'll say please teacher can I go to the toilet please teacher can so I thought that was her name so I called her please teacher up to today and now my brother's cut is short to please tea so my mother is please tea and one day my grandmother came to the house and my grandmother was ma so when my grandmother came to the house, my father didn't know she was on the veranda. So when she called me, Mommy, I said, yes, Ma. And my dad thought I was calling my mother. So he reacted. Why? Everybody calls your mother, please, teacher. Why are you now changing it to call her Ma? Because he had other children. And he wanted a neutral name. And he didn't want the Ma. But I was actually responding to my grandmother's call. And every time, I never had a private time with my mother. It was an unspoken, it's not allowed. Because you are the only girl, you're not supposed to be seen, only you and your mother talk. Well, there are other stepchildren around. So people say that when you are in the house, you don't suffer, but me, I pay the price. But I thank God because I think that it drew me closer to God. And I think that even that made me give my life to Christ quickly. Because what will I do? It was out of desperation. But I never had a time that I sit with my mother and talk. Or that my mother would tell me intimate things about her life. No. It was only when we were going to the market in the car then I would see another side of my mother. She would talk to me, oh, so how is it in school? But when we got home, it's like... And if I ever had a problem, I was coming to tell her, she would be talking to me, wait. She gets my father's horn or any of my siblings coming, she would say, you can go now. I realized that. And I think that from that time, I started to look for special attention because nobody ever concentrated on me that oh you are this let's talk let's it never happened you know and my father I think also thought that well these are step whatever so when he gives us things to go to school there are a lot and when the things are left my mother is not that my father will actually say to me you are your mother's daughter so all the extra things I'll give to the other children, I hope you understand. My mother will not hear, but I will be told that, I mean, clearly. And I'll just accept that. that I, we were 13 children. And we had fun, we were together, and we are still united and all that. But because of that, I feel that I never felt special. 
You know, you're always part of the whole, but not special. As in. So I believe that I was looking to be special to somebody. One day, I'll meet somebody and I'll be so special. The person will just concentrate on me the whole day. <laughs> the whole day, we'll just look into each other's eyes. Nobody will go to work. We'll just be there. Why? Because of that attention deficiency. I felt that that one person can give me that thing that I was looking for. Hallelujah. And even though I was liked a lot by my aunties, my, it didn't seem to solve that problem. I just wanted one person, you know, and I thought that that person would be your husband or your beloved. He would just look in your eyes. I didn't know that he would always be gone for healing Jesus Christ. And will not have time to look into your eyes. And that you'll be a visionary moving. So if that is what you are waiting for before you see your worth, hey, then you will not arrive. Amen. But so, you know, sometimes it draws women into wrong relationships. But I think that because I became a Christian early, God sort of veered me. So I never thought that boys can satisfy. But I thought, when I meet that one person, if I decide that one person will meet my every need. I will not have any need. You see? Because a person will find you beautiful before he marries you. He will tell you that you are beautiful. And I thought that he will tell you that you are beautiful every day. How many ladies thought so? Every day. And every day when you dress, you will notice it every blessed day, 24-7. That is what we all thought. So in the marriage, everybody is coming with their agenda. And everybody has their own motive why they are coming <laughs> to the marriage. But it leads people into wrong relationships because they look for love in all the wrong places. And sometimes they become promiscuous because they go to John... He gives the attention, but it's not quite enough. Then they go to Peter, and Peter and John also have their own motives. And their motive is the bedroom. You too, you want attention and love. So, okay, let's join our motives and see which one. And that's why we get so heartbroken. A large part of heartache is disappointment. We feel so disappointed. That we say, oh, this boy says he loves me. Maybe my battle will be fixed. Maybe my zip will come on. My hem will be fixed. If only I could get this person to focus on me. And then you go and the person doesn't quite seem together. Because we forget that the person also has his own problems. He's a broken vessel just like you. He has also his issues. He's also had things from childhood. He also has things that give him self-esteem. And he's also not finding it. And thinking that when you come, he has a cook a washman and a chauffeur for his children's school. Amen. And you, and also a very wild sex partner. You see, in a man's mind, he lives before he marries. So things that you are not thinking about, he's thinking she will turn like this, she will be, oh, very exotic. He doesn't know that it's remote control without your input. And so we are all looking for things. And like the woman at the well, we go from one relationship to another. Sometimes I wonder, why would you marry five times? Why? why? The first one didn't work. Okay, second, we'll accept. Second one didn't work. Okay, third. But fifth, what are you looking for? And even now, the one you have gone to stay with is not your husband. So that's number six. It shows that she was looking for acceptance. In all the wrong places. And instead of allowing God to fix her, she felt that she needed somebody to come into her life to make her whole. Amen. And so when Jesus met her, she said, maybe this number seven may work. You know, so when Jesus said, give me water, I said, oh, I know this line. You are trying to, you are trying to chat me up. I know this line. This line, I know it. Jesus said, if you knew who was asking you for water, <laughs> and what will you fetch the water with? I mean, a man that you don't know, when he talks, you talk. When he talks, hey! 
What kind of woman are you? And I feel that she had been so rejected. That's why she came to the well alone. Women did not go for water at that time. But all the women knew that this woman, if she comes near your husband, danger. So they didn't believe her anymore. So now she went alone to the well. And Jesus said that if I give you the living water, you will not thirst again. Which presupposes that she was always thirsty. In spite of the five men. In spite of the one whom she currently was with. And women, unless God fixes us, we will continually be thirsty. <laughs> Hallelujah. We will never be whole through a human being. God did not make a human being to make you whole. Sometimes we look at things and maybe you are in a good marriage. You are blessed, you know. And then we begin to see the ghosts of the past. Maybe what happened to somebody? What happened to an auntie? So we have a good marriage, all right, but we begin to think, what can go wrong? And so insecurity comes. What can go wrong? Then we begin to say, okay, I have to fix everything so that nothing goes wrong. So you start to fix everything, including your husband. Listen, behave like this so that I wouldn't need faith to walk in God, okay? Behave like this so that I won't be afraid. Behave like this so that I will feel secure. So I'm fixing you so that I can fix my situation. How many of you know that it doesn't work? God did not make husbands for you to fix them. God has been struggling with them ever since. Look at how God had to wrestle with Jacob to change his name. You are a deceiver. I want to make you a better person. You fight me the whole night. And that's how we are. It's not easy to change us. And God has to wrestle with us, wrestle so that we even have a dislocated tire because we are not willing just to change us to be more like him. Then you, you just came. The man, his mother gave birth to him long ago. Now you feel you are the personal Holy Ghost. You are coming to be at work in him, both to will and to do, of your good pleasure. And because we are Christians, we use religious reasons. And be conformed to the image of Christ. You, when you behave like this, be conformed. But it's your image. It's your image you are trying to conform him to. It's not God. You are not so interested in the God factor. It's your interest. Because human beings are selfish people. Amen. Amen. So we look for love in all the wrong places. And we keep leaking. And we keep following after the man. Won't you fix me? Just like Leah. Oh, I'll have another baby. My husband will love me. Oh, I'll have another baby. A troop is coming. Oh, I'll have another baby. Now that I have had another baby, we shall be attached. You are looking for things to satisfy the person so that he will satisfy you. It will never come to pass because you are leaking. And when we leak, we cannot produce anything good. Hallelujah. And this morning, God is going to heal us of all our things. Amen. So we enter even into sexual relationships that as women, we are not really interested in. But we hope that it will fix us. When we are at a workplace, because we need acceptance, we are very concerned. Does the boss love me? Do you like me? Look at me now. If you are looking for somebody to love you, look my way. <laughs> because we feel that if the boss gives us approval, we shall be made whole. But the boss will give you approval and steal you will not be satisfied. You will get promotion at work, but still. And unfortunately, the mirrors of our lives are our relationships and our children as women. We are wired that way. We are made by God that way because we came on earth to solve a relationship problem. The Bible says it's not good that man should be alone. I would therefore make him a helpmeet. He was alone, so they brought us. So, that, so we came with a calling for relationships. But that same calling, when it goes overboard, then it becomes something else. The Bible says a false balance is an abomination. And when our relationships don't work, nothing in our lives work. Go to the mental hospital, we are there. Why? Because one person left us. And for us, it meant that we are not useful, we are not whole, there's something wrong with us, and we never recovered. 
from it because we always use people's opinions, people's attitudes, the way they treat us to validate us and to give us our value. But God wants to be the one who gives us our value. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's comforting to know that Jesus Christ himself was not valued. Such as when women get married, because we are not fixed, you cook, and your husband doesn't say, oh, the food was nice. Or he doesn't eat the food. Somehow, the food is part of our image. I don't understand it. So when he doesn't eat the food, we feel rejected personally. But what is the relationship between you and food? You are of more value than the food on the plate. But when we look at it, we say, oh, and even on the telly, when they do drama, the man pushes the food away. Ha! Ah, you have been pushed away. You have become the plate of food. When it's pushed away, you feel pushed away. Wrong values. Wrong perspectives. But that's how it is. And it shouldn't be so. He doesn't like the food, so should he force himself to eat it? He doesn't like it. You did your best. And he doesn't like it. So just say, ah, oh, well... We are all here. <laughs> we'll try and be happy. Amen. But as soon as he rejects the food, he says, oh, why is he rejecting the food? Why is he? Sometimes, even your husband is discussing something with you, he doesn't agree with your opinion. As soon as he discards your opinion, you feel that he has discarded you. But you and your opinion are two different things. And everybody has the right to freedom of expression. It's a constitutional right guaranteed and enshrined in the constitution of Ghana. You cannot take it away from that person. So don't allow the expression of somebody's right to infringe on your expression. Be happy. You gave him advice. He didn't take it. He denigrated it. God knows that is good counsel. You leave it. And allow God to work on it. But when we say, oh, my opinion is not regarded, it means that it means that I don't measure up because if I really mattered my opinion will matter and men do not do things always sidelining us because a woman finds her worth in being included not even actively but just being informed about what is going on in your life and you are not like that you are just moving, vision, going but she needs to know because it helps her to feel valued and to feel a part of you. Amen. Am I right, ladies? Somebody told me, my husband is building a house. Lady pastor, I don't know about it. A pastor's wife, she said, now my cup is full and I am tired. Not a lighthouse pastor, but a pastor of the same, a prominent pastor. She said, when he's going to preach, I say, I want to go with you. No, 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 no. Stay and look after the children. Then he will take his worship leader. Wow. Who is a female just like her? So she said, she asked him, so what's the difference? Why do you go with the worship leader? And so oh, you, you have a lot of things. You are home and uh, flow. And when she called me, she was weeping. She said, now the cup is full. I want to leave. Because I don't feel valued. I said, all these things are real. And the facts are real. Your feelings are real. But God can fix you in spite of that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So please include us. Not that we want to usurp your position, but include us that, oh, I'm thinking of going here. Some of you, you go out. When you come before your wife, will know where you've been. Because she's not important, so you don't inform her. She's not important, so you are doing your own. If you knew that you wanted to do your own thing, you should have left us in our father's house. We would have been happy there. If you knew that you don't have time to give us a little attention and a little time, you should have just fellowshiped with the furniture in your room. But don't come and add us as part of your furniture. We need to be talked to. We need you to have time for us. Hallelujah. And for me, it doesn't take much to please a woman. It's very little, but the men cannot believe it. 
that it's so little. Hallelujah. Just give her a little attention a day. She'll be okay. But every time she's talking to you, you are not there. You are reading a text. You are reading a newspaper. You see, I watched, I watched the pastor's wife's, no, a woman's conference on TBN. And John Hagee's wife, when she was coming for the program, she brought a newspaper, a golf club, and a remote control. And she said, I brought these three things to show that these are the symbols of a man's life. Golf club. He goes to play golf. Oh, you come. Remote control. She said that even when I'm watching something, changing the middle, hopping. And then newspaper, when he's looking to the... And so ladies, be encouraged. Whether America, India, whatever, it's like that. <laughs> Amen. And I believe that God is convicting some men in this meeting. <laughs> and you know, how long is life? The little time that we'll spend with you. Out of 24 hours, you are often at work. The little time too. And even when you are listening to the news and your wife says, Oh, today, shh, they are saying something. Shh. And ladies, I'll tell you a secret. Sometimes, when I'm also in front of a television, my husband comes. Says, Hi, mommy, how is it? I really want to say, Oh, I'm fine. And but I just look straight. I'm fine. Say, hey, but why? Haven't you noticed that I've come? What's your problem? I said, oh, shh. He says, oh, why? They are saying something. So, by you, pa. So, once in a while, you must lovingly give back. Amen. Just to make a little point. And then he begins to say, I don't appreciate it. What is this? I've come. I talk. Shh, I should do this. Shh, why, what is that? And I just get up and say, don't worry. Your food is coming. I will look after you. You know? And sometimes, even now, when I'm on the phone, responding to my text, say, look, since I came, tell the people to come and live here with us. Because... You are now responding to text messages. And I say, hey, who is speaking now? He has gone to tell Reverend Sakias for my wife every day. Text messages. I say, it's not true. Reverend Sakias, oh, it's true. Once Bishop has said it, it is true. You know? So I said to him, just before he left, I said, every day text messages. I said, I was not like that. You taught me. <laughs> Wow, look, you are bringing difficulties. Look at what you are saying. But I think that sometimes these things drum hope some truth. If only you will not be beastly about it. It's also another way of conveying your heart. Hallelujah. But even though we need these things, we cannot depend on man always to give it to us. Amen. And if we always depend on man, we will make shipwreck of our faith. And when a woman is not together emotionally, she will not be together in other areas of her life. I want us to look at 1 Samuel chapter 8. Some of us have lived with criticism all our lives. And so we also feel rejected and we become defensive. When you are criticized, you become defensive. Now nobody can say anything about you. When they talk immediately, you are defending yourself. It's because you are not sure of yourself. So you become very defensive. But the Lord is healing us. Amen. First Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 to 9. May the Lord make us whole. In Jesus' name. First Samuel chapter 8. Are we there? Let's read from verse... Did I say 6? Let's read from verse 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like all the nations. But the thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel. When they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. 
And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they have, all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. I want to say that rejection is universal. And rejection is not unusual. And that even God Almighty has been through rejection. Because God told someone, they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Why? They said that we will not like you to rule over us anymore. We will not like to associate with you on that level anymore. Now we need somebody else. We need a king. And so give us that king so that we will be like other, other nations. When you do that, it means that you don't value what you have. And you feel that something else is better. So you reject that thing that is of no value to you so that you will go for that which you think is valuable. But how many of you know that God was more valuable to Israel than a king? And that is why you must not allow man's judgment and man's rejection to be like the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. Because oftentimes, what man will set aside and what he will choose does not determine your value. So if God was going to use that to determine his value, then he will say that, how Israel has rejected me, it means there's something wrong with me. How Israel has rejected me, it means I have breakages, a lost button, a zip, or an undone hem. So he will sit down and begin to cry and to pity himself. But God knew better. He said, give them the king they are asking for. I know that it will not be easy for them. <laughs> and I know that it will not work out. But many of us, if we were in God's position, would not do that. We would fight for Israel not to have a king. We would fight so that they would see how valuable we would begin to preach about what we've done and who we are and all that. But God knew that he couldn't rely on man's judgment to know who he was. And we too cannot rely on other people's actions and attitudes to know who we are. Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53. Many times Israel preferred Egypt. And God will say, they have rejected me and they have chosen Egypt. Isaiah chapter 53. Don't worry, we'll be ending this segment soon. Isaiah 53 reading from verse 2 it's talking about Jesus for he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground he has no stately form or majesty that we should look on him nor appearance that we should be attracted to him he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hid their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Hallelujah. Can somebody read from King James for me? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. And as a root out of a dry ground, he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we esteemed him not. Amen. Why did God record all this? So that you and I may know that somebody, the son of God was even rejected. So if you are rejected, why is it a big deal? God himself was rejected. His son was rejected. So why is it that you, when you are rejected, you feel that the whole world must come to an end? And that doesn't happen before. Lady Pastor is very painful. And so what? It's painful. You press past the pain. You make it. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53. 
Okay. Now the Bible says he was despised. What does it mean to be despised? To be looked down upon. To be disesteemed. To be treated as if you are nothing. That is what it means to be despised. He was rejected. Set aside as no good. Set aside as not whole. Set aside as not having everything together. That was the son of God. Jesus, perfection. So even if you were perfect, you would still endure and go through rejection. So don't behave as if uh, rejection is a novelty. It happens to only a few people. It happens to many people. He was forsaken by men. People that he had created. Even you, you don't have such power over the people. But people that he himself had created, he was forsaken by them. He had no form of comeliness. Another Bible says, royal or kingly pomp, that we should look at him. He had no beauty that we should desire him. His company was not desired because he had no beauty. And the Bible goes on to explain why. Because he took on our sorrows, our grief, our sickness. And when you have all the sicknesses of the world, how can you look nice? How can you look attractive when you are carrying all the cases, all the paralysis, all the sores, all the burly ulcers? How can you look nice? He had no beauty that we should desire. But why did he go through all this trouble? So that you would not have to carry all the rejection, all the despisement, and all the lack of self-esteem. Jesus took it upon himself. And he walked that road. And when Jesus was here on earth, the Bible says that he preached. And the people thought of sending him to the brow of the hill and casting him down headlong. When you preach and people want to carry you, they want to kill you, you feel unloved. You feel unaccepted. And you can easily give up. And on every level of life, you will face your own rejections. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we go to international places and then my husband will say that these people there, they don't respect Africa at all. Nothing good can come out of Africa. And one day there's a shop called CLC in London. I went with my husband to ask them if they would stock Bishop's books. No favor, not for free. Just put it on your shelf and see whether people will be interested in it. They took a good look at the book. They didn't even read it. As soon as they saw that it was coming from Africa, they said, oh, we think the refugees in Sierra Leone and they need this book, and so you should take it there. Now, if you are going to give up on every single episode of rejection you go through, you will never become what God wants you to be. And if the master went through rejection, you too will have to go through rejection. It is a passageway. And God allows it. Why? So that we will turn our eyes on him and not to others. And now, the last time we were in Korea, the American pastors, Larry Stockstill in Baton Rouge, big, big pastors, they were saying that, oh, your book, loyalty and disloyalty is so great, you know? It has really helped our churches, and how can we get more to send all over? Now people are getting on the internet from Australia, from different places, through the books. Bishop has been invited to Cologne, Germany, and to so many places. Now the fact that CLC rejected you and said take it to Sierra Leone refugees, if you had believed, based on CLC's word, that I'm nothing, it's true. This is my material. It's only for refugees in Sierra Leone. You take what people say as if it's the word of God. You meditate on it day and night. And then you begin to believe what you have been told. But if you take it that, oh, it's just a junction on my journey. If I reach that it didn't work, shake that beast into the fire. And just continue to walk on. You will come into the place that God wants you to be. The church has been rejected from school of hygiene. The church has been rejected from canteen. And people are still waiting for it not to work. But they've waited too long. Hallelujah. We were told all sorts of things. One man of God we invited to preach at that time were very small. He said, I don't sow among thorns. And we said, so who are the thorns? He said, well, 
You have invited me. I can't come because I can't sow among thorns. Why we were thorns, we don't know. But if based on that, you go into your closet and you say, I'm now a thorn. Oh, I have to sell all my instruments. I will never become anything. Many of us, that's what we do. We believe, we believe, we believe, we meditate until the thing becomes real. And we are bought the move of God. We are bought his call because of rejection. Hallelujah. When Bishop was trying to meet Dr. Cho, he went with Pastor Robert to Everdon, some place in Switzerland. And when they wanted to meet Dr. Cho, all the people around said, no, 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 who are you? I'm a pastor from Africa. Oh, move somewhere and let's think about things that matter. So they came back. So they stayed for the program. He was so moved by Dr. Cho's ministry. He brought all the videos. I also watched it with him. Hey, Dr. Cho came to pass. He tried to even greet him. And Dr. Cho, he has a very strict Korean face. It's like, just going. So he never got to meet the man. But he got to meet the, the pastor who was doing the television ministry, a Swiss man. So he said, well, if you like, in May, we have conferences, church growth conferences. So if you want to benefit from this man's ministry, then you may be able to come to Korea to benefit from that ministry. Some of you, you would have given up from Dr. Cho's face, the waving of his hand. It's like, I've been rejected. I'm worthless. I'm nothing. It stops there. But we went to Korea. We put all our pennies together and went to Korea. We stayed in a Samway hotel, but it didn't matter. We went to all the programs. We were so moved at what we saw and our what God. And because of what we had been through, this time we were very cool. <laughs> we didn't go with an agenda. We just went, Lord, let us be blessed. Let there be an impartation at this service that we are attending. That's all. And whenever the man came, you know, he would come with his board members. When you go to Korea, they have a, a special sign they hold. All board members, VIPs, and, and they all file past. They play some music. Hey, it's not a simple thing. And then they have a bus for board members and their wives. And they were all going to sit on it. And Bishop said, hey, these board members, they are powerful. Oh, hey, we there, we are there. Then this television pastor came to tell us, well, Dr. Cho is having a dinner and uh, I want you to just come for the dinner. But I'm not saying that you will meet him. Do you understand? We, say, oh, we are even privileged to be invited to this dinner. It's enough for us. When we went to the dinner, there was a hall before where we go and eat. Hey, people were shaking Dr. Cho's hands, taking pictures with him. Hey, once bitten, twice shy. We were <laughs> standing where we stand. No problem. Then... Dr. Cho's administrative secretary, she's called Miss Lee. She was at the other end of the hall. She came and she said, please, Dr. Cho wants you to sit at his table this evening. Then my husband looked at me and said, ma'am, did you hear what he said? <laughs> I said, yes, I think. He said that Dr. Cho, he said, ah, but why? He doesn't know us, whatever. And then my husband politely said, oh, I think maybe you've come to the wrong person. Maybe you should find out. But we don't want to go and see someone, then they'll come and say, Excuse me? <laughs> so the woman went and came back and said, Oh, it's you. Hey. So the dinner doors opened, and there we were by Dr. and Mrs. Cho. From Collegono to Dr. and Mrs. Cho. And as we sat there, oh, he became very free. He was chatting. So, how are you? How many children do you have? Really? I'm surprised you have children. You look very young. That time I was pregnant with Daniela. How many children do you have? I said two and a half. Then they laughed. Korean laughed. The Americans were trying to sit there. The Europeans were trying to sit there. People on big, big television. So they came to ask us, what special place are you from that? The right hand of this man. What did you do? We just said, we don't know. We're just here from Collegon. and we're asked to come and sit here. We don't know why. Dr. Cho called us, but God had said there was time. But if we had looked at his attitude in Switzerland and the rejection, why do we allow people's behavior towards us or the way people treat us to be how we value ourselves? God places value on us and God knows how to bring us at the right time up. 
Hallelujah. And then after that, they said, well, tell us a bit about your ministry. Not at the dinner, but at another. So we said, then now it's Dr. Cho who was calling people. Take a picture. This. My husband was taking the picture. After I was teasing him, I said, hey, now, dear. Today, dear, your flow has come fully. <laughs> and we went back to our, our poor hotel, but we were very happy and very pleased. And in that hotel was also stay Pastor Robin Oliver. So when we came down to have breakfast, he said, oh, you are young ministers. At that time, I was practicing as a lawyer. He said, what do you do? My husband says, I'm a preacher. Full time, yes. What about your wife? So oh, she's an attorney. And the people said, oh, she must be earning a lot of money. That's why she's not in full time ministry. You know, so I said, oh, no, not that. But I want my own personal conviction and timing. And then I'll come. So, okay, so they started to ask us about Ghana. About, oh, they fell in love with us. Everybody was saying at the place, a nice couple, the youngest on the board, they are here. You know, a nice couple. And when we got to Ghana, we got a letter. Dr. Cho would like you to be on his board. Can you proceed to Israel for an interview with the board? Israel, we have not been there before. But that was God's way. I couldn't go, but Bishop went. Went to ride camels, went by the Wailing Wall. <laughs> all because of Dr. Cho. And Dr. Cho had flown in a jumbo jet full of his members. When he goes somewhere, thousand. So when he came to Ghana, the whole choir, they came. And some people too also came as cooks to make Korean food. Nobody called them in Ghana. They went to settle that there somewhere and they were making food for the crowd and the people and the choir that had come. So when they arrived, jumbo jets, those are the church members. You know, if they are 700,000 at that time, I mean, even the tithe of that is how many? So he was called in, and then everybody, they vote. All the Americans, everybody voted for him, so we want you to be on the board. That's what that thing is a miracle. I don't know how it. And even up to today, whenever I go to Christ, hey, how come and then now we are also board members, VIPs, and their wives? <laughs> But it started with rejection. And rejection will break you if you allow it. And rejection will not let you rise up to be all that God wants you to be. So daughter, when you are rejected, get up and continue to walk. When you are rejected, fix your mind on him who called you. And know that he too was rejected. And that it cannot be that a perfect God had something wrong with him. It's wrong thinking. That's why he was rejected. A perfect God, a perfect Jesus Christ. He had no comeliness. So I told the lady who came to me, I said, even if they say you are not beautiful, Jesus did not have comeliness. And yet, a certain attraction, a certain anointing that God brought on him. So promotion does not come from east or west. Promotion comes from God. Hallelujah. And at every stage, you will have rejection. And in every area of your life, you will suffer rejection. Sometimes, the people have not even rejected you, but you yourself, you don't feel whole. And you don't feel correct. But Jesus took the rejection so that you and I will feel accepted. Hallelujah. And acceptance is the other, the flip side of rejection is acceptance. When Jesus was going to die in Luke 9, 22, he told his disciples, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised on the third day. Elders chief priests, scribes, prominent people in society. The son of man was to be rejected by all these people. Elders, chief priests, scribes, people who mattered in his day, they all rejected him. He prophesied that the son of man will be rejected by all the elders, chief priests, and scribes. So if all these people are rejecting you, how can you have value? It is by looking at God and what he has made you and what he has called you to be sometimes people even despise women preachers and sometimes you will never rise up to be what God wants you say, oh, women, oh, oh, what word does she have women, oh, you know but if you take your little and give it to the master he will make something good out of it hallelujah and sometimes when you are going through that, you have to press past. It may be painful, but press past the pain. 
You will go through pain, but you won't die. You will survive. But many of us, the pain is a deterrent. But go through the pain and rise up beyond the pain so that you will keep walking. Hallelujah. He has made us accepted in the beloved. If God accepts you, what does it matter if man rejects you? Jesus Christ was rejected. God himself was rejected. The disciples were rejected. There were times that Jesus was told he was not fit to live. So if you go through rejection, you go somewhere, they despise you. Sometimes you go somewhere, one pastor's wife will say, she goes somewhere with her husband. They ask her husband, oh, pastor, come and sit here. Then she's left standing there as if she's nothing. I said, but why? It's true that what they did was not right, but why do you think about it? Oh, why are they treating me as if I'm not? Why? Are there not many chairs in the place? Walk stately. Go and sit down and enjoy the program and say, I am not going to allow ashes and people in the church to determine my worth. But some of us, we get into the boxing ring and say, ah, Why? Don't you know I'm the bishop's wife? You didn't mind me. If I'm to talk about rejection, we won't finish today. Amen. But thank God that God brought me to that place where it didn't matter what you do. Even when you do, I don't see. And when you do, I don't meditate on it at all. Honestly, I just go to where I am and I flow and I'm happy. Sometimes you must choose where to go to. Go where you are accepted. Go where you are celebrated. If you have an option. So that you don't go through unnecessary temptation. You know some of the temptation we bring it upon ourselves. You go somewhere, you can see that the people don't believe you. They speak in some way. Jesus did not entrust himself to such people. He always stayed with people who believed in him. And you too must do the same. So that you don't kill God's call, God's giftings, and God's purpose for your life. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.